0: Well, let's pray as we get ready to dive into God's Word together. Lord, we are humbled and we are grateful that we get to be a part of what you're doing in this world. Your amazing love, as we sing, of just to embrace us, to pursue us when we were running the other way. And so, Father, I pray that if there's anybody here today who has yet to um, just... Stop and and quit running and open their heart and and receive your great love in Jesus. That today would be the day for them. And Lord, will you just be at work in our time as we look into your word in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so the rumor is that Thanksgiving is Thursday. <laughs> okay, nobody looked too surprised. That's good. It's a great holiday, and it's not just great because of the food. Um although that is pretty great. It's a great holiday because the, the reason behind it is so great. It's such a thoroughly biblical holiday. I mean, you don't have to read very far in the Bible to just find all this instruction about giving thanks to God and be, becoming thankful people and living life with an attitude of gratitude. Um, Psalm 100 is just one of many passages that tells us this. Um, we're going to put verse 4-5 on the screen, and I'd like you to say this with me. Let's say this out loud together, okay? Let's read it. Here we go. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. So giving thanks to God is a very biblical thing to do. It's a very important thing to do. But have you ever wondered why God wants us to thank him? Why does God tell us to thank him? He's certainly worthy of it. And it's really a sign of how messed up we are as a human race that that people often don't feel grateful to him or express gratitude to him. And in fact, we, and we have to be told to thank him, you know, kind of like kids who forget to thank somebody and their parents have to say, Hey, um, Romans one twenty one is a place where we see this describes us in a way that shows just how fallen we are for, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, Or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. The human race really has a hard time being grateful to God. But why does God care? Why does he tell us over and over again that we need to overcome our ingratitude and become thankful and and give thanks to him? Is it simply because he's offended That we don't thank him? It certainly is offensive. You you can grasp this if you just use your imagination for a minute. Okay, so I want you to imagine doing something really, really great. Really, just really great for somebody. Um, And let's, let's think extravagantly here, because God is an extravagant giver. Let's say you gave somebody a new car. All paid for. Just gave it to them. And when you gave it to them, they didn't thank you. In fact, not only did they not say thank you, you could tell that they didn't appreciate it at all. In fact, they started to complain about it. They complained it's not your favorite color. Or it's not, you know, I mean, you really wanted a BMW, and and this is a Toyota Camry. And, and they just griped about it. It's just not luxurious enough. It's not the model I wanted. The seats aren't heated. See, that's what we're like as a human race times, I don't know, 10,000 countless times a day. We take God's gifts for granted. We don't thank him for them. In fact, we gripe about what we don't have, and we think we deserve better, and we just ignore God, we treat Him like He doesn't matter. It's gross. It's just gross. All right, but back to my question, is is God telling us to do the right thing and to give thanks to Him because it's offensive when we don't? Well, I think that may be part of it, but I don't think that's really the main reason for it. Because God doesn't need our gratitude. He doesn't need our gratitude. Actually, we're the ones that need it. We need it. In commanding us to become grateful and to give Him thanks, God is actually pursuing our welfare. He's pursuing what's good for us, He's pursuing our joy. And I think it will help us grasp this if we just take a couple minutes and think about what gratitude really is and what's so good about it. And then we're going to look at a passage that really just brings this home and shows us that gratitude is good for us. Okay, let's think about it now. What, what is gratitude? Well, it's more than just saying thank you, isn't it? Because you can say the words and not really mean it. You know, just to be polite, you know, like if you're a kid. and Let's say you give a 10-year-old boy for Christmas, you give him some nice socks. And if he's been raised well, he'll say thank you. But in his heart, he's probably not as grateful. He's not feeling the gratitude he'd feel if you got him a video game. Okay? So... Uh, just saying the words doesn't really capture gratitude. John Piper puts it like this. What it takes to turn the words thank you into real gratitude is the real feeling of gratitude. And it's a good feeling. We like it. When, When gratitude arises in our hearts, we enjoy that. Gratitude is a form of delight. Okay? But there's more to it than that. Because you can give a kid a video game and he can be just totally delighted with the gift and then completely ignore the giver. You know, And if he does that, we consider him an ungrateful child if he's not grateful to us. Gratitude is the happy feeling you have about the giver as well as the gift because the giver did something good for you. And there's one more piece to this Gratitude recognizes that the gift is undeserved. It's undeserved. Gratitude, you know, the words grace and gratitude are actually uh, closely related in the Bible. They come from the same root. So the idea of the gift being undeserved is part of this. Uh, Think of it this way. Okay, I'm just curious, those of you who have jobs... Um, when payday rolls around and you get your paycheck, how many of you routinely write your employer a nice thank you note every time you get your paycheck? How many? No? Why not? You ungrateful people. Well, because gratitude is really not the right word for it. Because when you do your job and you get your paycheck, you've earned it. It's it's not a gift. It's a wage. And so gratitude's not the right word. I mean, you might be grateful for your job, I hope you are, but that's, that's not really, gratitude is, you know, the paycheck is an earned thing. On the other hand, if somebody does something for you that's good, that's completely undeserved, you didn't deserve it, you didn't earn it, and you realize it, that's when gratitude arises in your heart, or when it should Okay, so let's put it all together and give you a definition here. Gratitude, then, is the happiness we feel toward someone who has shown us undeserved kindness. Gratitude is the happiness we feel toward someone who has shown us undeserved kindness. That's Piper's definition. I like it. I think it's a good one. And, of course, if you look at that, then, you can see why we should be grateful to God. Because he is an extravagant giver of good gifts, and we don't deserve any of them. We haven't earned any of them. Everything he does for us is an undeserved kindness. And I hope you'll take some time Thursday, but even before then, even now, stop and think about all of his undeserved gifts All of his undeserved kindnesses toward us, everything we have, we have so much to be grateful. Every heartbeat, every breath, every moment is an undeserved gift. All the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear, which we're pretty thankful for today, the home you live in, the people that you love all the abilities you have to work to earn money all those things everything we have is an undeserved gift from God and that's a long list and I'm just we're just getting started because I haven't even mentioned yet anything that God has done for us in Jesus all that God has done for us in Christ his grace his mercy His promises, His forgiveness, His guidance, His love, all of it wrapped up in Christ. The list just goes on and on. It's really inexhaustible. So it is absolutely right that we should be grateful to God because of all His undeserved kindness to us. But it's more than right. It's way more than right. It's good for us it's really good for us and i uh, because here's here's the short answer to why grateful people are happy people grateful people are happy people i don't want to look at a passage where we can see this okay so if you have a bible open it up to the book of colossians colossians chapter 3 and if you didn't bring a bible or and you want to use one there's one in the rack in front of you there should be And Colossians in the New Testament comes after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then the big book of Acts, big book of Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, and then you get these four books, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Philippians, Colossians. There it is, Colossians, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. Now this passage makes a big deal about being thankful. In three verses, we are commanded three times to experience or express gratitude. And when you hear that, you may think, well, that that just sounds weird, because how can you be commanded? We've just defined gratitude as this happiness we feel. How can you command a feeling? Well, here's the answer. In each verse, there's a connection between the gratitude we should feel and a wonderful, undeserved gift that we should think about. And the point of it is this, that if you'll think about that undeserved kindness and think about it for what it is, then as you think about that gift, that that will then, should cultivate that feeling of gratitude in your heart. Okay, so um, we'll read it, and then I'll show you what I mean. Okay, so Colossians 3, beginning at verse 15. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Colossae, under the inspiration of God's Spirit, says this, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. There's one. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness, two, in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, three, to God the Father through him. All right, grateful people are happy people. Why? First, grateful people enjoy healthy relationships, and healthy relationships are an undeserved kindness from God. Grateful people enjoy healthy relationships, and that's a happy thing, and that's a gift from God. Okay, so this was written to a group of people, a lot like us, written to a church, a group of Jesus followers, And that's important to keep in mind because what that means is that when Paul says he talks about the peace of Christ ruling in your hearts, he's really not focusing so much on an individual experience. You know, we all like having peace in our own little hearts, but that's really not the focus here. The focus is experiencing the peace of Christ ruling in our midst as a group, all of our hearts together, as we are one body. So, unity. Being unified in this peace of Christ and having it rule over us. Enjoying peace with one another as a body. And this is something that God has called us to. Did you see that? To which indeed you were called in one body. So God has called us. He's bringing us. He wants us to be united with one another in the peace of Christ together His peace ruling over us. Now I want you to think about that for for a minute here. When you hear that, when you hear that God wants us to be united as one body together, experiencing the peace of Christ together, when you hear that God wants that, does that sound to you more like something you have to do or something you want to do? Is it a have to or a want to? Because there's a difference, isn't there? And you all know what a have-to is. I have to wash the dishes. I have to go to the dentist. I can honestly say I've never wanted to in my entire life. (laughs) I have to file my income taxes. Those are have-tos. Want-tos are a lot better. I want to eat Thanksgiving dinner. With my family. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to kiss my wife. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Jesus. I want to. And you want to, they're great. Okay, so when it comes to this thought of being unified with, with the church family, and if this is your church family, or, it, you know, if you don't have a church family, well, I hope you'll consider becoming part of this one. If you have a church, you're from out of town, you got another church family, okay, well, you think about it. being united with your church family, one another, experiencing the peace of Christ together in unity which does that sound like to you? Does it sound like a have to or a want to? Is it, yeah, I have to try to get along with those people because God told me to? <laughs> or is it, I want, to, I want to be united with those people. I want to love them I, because I value, I value that. I value those people and I want to experience that with them. Back up just a couple of verses before the verses we just read. Look at verses 12 through 14. Paul says, put on then as God's chosen ones. Look at the privilege here. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, meekness or gentleness, and patience bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Doesn't that sound like something to want? Don't you want to be a part of a church like that? See, when this talks about being one body, it's talking about a good thing, a wonderful thing. It's talking about being part of God's family. It's talking about acceptance and encouragement and support and healthy relationships that are loving and honest, real. Caring, helpful, forgiving. Not the superficial, I like you on Facebook thing. That's just so typical of American relationships. This is something to want. This is something to want. Now, here's the question when it comes to gratitude. Okay? Does gratitude lead to healthy relationships? Or do healthy relationships lead to gratitude? Yes. Both ways. Both ways. Verse 15 says that oneness and gratitude go together. And if you think about it, the connection isn't that hard to understand. Okay, think about people being, who, are, who are grateful to God for their church family. People like that are going to pursue healthy relationships within the church family. People who are grateful to God for that gift. They' in and people who pursue healthy relationships with others in the church family, they're going to be grateful for them. They're going to experience gratitude. It goes both ways. On the other hand, people who are not grateful for their church family, people who don't get it, they just do not understand what an undeserved gift it is to be a part of a church family, well, those people, those people aren't going to waste time pursuing relationships, They're not going to bother showing compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness. And on the flip side, because they don't have those kinds of relationships, they're not going to be grateful for them. You show me an ungrateful person and I'll show you a person who's not enjoying healthy relationships with the body of Christ. Maybe not enjoying healthy relationships anywhere. And missing out, missing out on so much of the happiness that God intends for us. So think about you. I'll think about me. How do you see the body of Christ? How do you see the family of God? Do you see that group of people as an undeserved gift of God? Don't take this wrong, but you don't deserve to be here. And neither do I. God graciously enfolding us in a group of people, imperfect people for sure, but that is a gift of His grace. The fact that we're here, the fact that we're welcome to be here, that we're wanted, that's a gift of grace. That's God's grace. So do you see the connection between Gratitude and healthy relationships, they, they go together, okay? Next one. Grateful people are happy people because grateful people experience satisfying worship. And satisfying worship is an undeserved kindness from God, an undeserved gift of God. So verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So there's a connection between gratitude and meaningful, satisfying worship. You were made to worship. You are wired to worship. Everybody is. Everybody worships. Now, not everybody worships God, but everybody worships something because we're wired for it. We are wired with a thirst for greatness, to admire greatness, to praise greatness, to experience greatness. That's worship, admiring greatness. And so whether people, you know, are admiring and, and worshiping extreme sports. Or some relationship, or you know, nature, or something. Everybody's got this longing for worship. The reality is, though, that only God is great enough to truly satisfy that longing, that thirst for greatness. And He is so great. He is so great. Look at the undeserved gifts of God here. It talks about the Word of Christ. What is that? That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's the good news that Jesus Christ has come. And he came to take on to himself the wrath of God that we deserve for our wretched ingratitude and our sin and our spurning of God's glory. And Jesus did that so we could be forgiven and we could be connected to God. And God has given us all the truth we need to know to know Jesus, to have a relationship with Him, and to live a life in connection with Him. He's given us that word. All the truth we need is right here. That is a phenomenal gift. Do you realize that when you touch this book, what a phenomenal gift that is? And then there's the gift of music. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I know some of you don't, you know, think you can sing very well, and I know Christians like to battle over music, but just put that aside for a minute. Can you imagine what life would be like with no music? No music. No tunes. No singing. No musical instruments. Can you imagine? Music is so powerful. And it says, sing to God. Sing to God. Can you believe this? Can you believe God likes it when we sing to Him? That He listens to us singing to Him and He actually likes it. That's amazing. Well, He likes it when we sing to Him because we love Him and we're grateful to Him. Singing to Him with gratitude in our hearts and we're just so amazed at who he is and all he's done for us. Just consider just consider our situation if left to ourselves, if God had left us to ourselves. Chapter one, verses twenty-one and twenty-two. And you, all of you, who were once alienated outside Excluded. The door is shut and you cannot get in. Hostile in mind doing evil deeds. You who once were alienated, he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Think about that. Because of Jesus' death on your behalf, when you become connected to him by faith, God reconciles you to himself. And what that means is, because of Jesus, no barrier, no wall, no closed door, no condemnation. There is never a wall between us and God. There is never. It doesn't matter how messed up we are. That in Christ, we stand before God absolutely, completely accepted and embraced and never ever excluded completely accepted complete god is for us do you know that do you know that if you have put your faith in jesus if you belong to jesus god is never ever 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 against you ever now you sometimes you think he is but he never is he's absolutely never against you he is always 100 percent for you Romans 8:31 If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, that's how much God is for you. Jesus on the cross, that's how much God is for you. But gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In Christ God is not our condemner ever. He is our father, he is our advocate. He is our liberator, and he is relentlessly pursuing our ultimate joy. Relentlessly. Now, if that doesn't fill your heart with gratitude and make you want to sing to him, you don't get it. And if I don't want to sing to him, I don't get it. We just don't realize how much we don't deserve this. You know, and so when we gather together and we get to sing, you know, whether it's my favorite song or not, to sit there and go, oh man, I hate this. It's such a privilege to sing to God. Either we don't realize how much we don't deserve it or, or maybe you just haven't experienced it. Maybe, and if you're here today, And you haven't yet crossed that line. You haven't yet said, God, I'm a sinner and I can't do it. I just can't be good enough for you. And I know I deserve nothing but your judgment. But in Jesus, you are offering me nothing but your acceptance and your mercy and your forgiveness. And I want that you could take that step today and God will reconcile you to himself absolutely grateful people worship God from their hearts and they find that very satisfying one more grateful people are happy people because grateful people make a lasting difference Grateful people make a lasting difference. Pretty sure you don't want to get to the end of your life and discover that it was a complete waste of time. Right? Nobody wants to just waste their life. So how can our lives actually count for something that really means something? Okay, verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Think about this. Everything you do can have eternal value. Everything. Every, every word you say, every deed you do can be a good deed, a good word that counts, that lasts. Now, how so? Well, think about it. There's basically two ways we can live. We can do things and say things. One is we can do and say things to get people to admire and appreciate us that's just kind of what comes naturally to us so we do what we do we say what we say to gain people's appreciation and approval because we love that we love people's approval we love their admiration so that's one way to live the other thing we can do is we can do what we do say what we say to get people to admire and appreciate jesus and that's what this is telling us to do do everything in the name of the lord jesus And if you think about it, that's really the only way to really love people and really help people is to point them to Jesus because Jesus is the only one who can really give them life and purpose and heal their brokenness. And when we do that, when we do that, when we live to point people to Jesus, we are making a difference that lasts forever. Whether everybody notices or uh, sees that difference or not is not the point, because God always sees it. We basically live to point people to Jesus. Okay, well, what kind of people want to live that way? What kind of people want to do things and say things to get people to admire Jesus instead of to admire themselves? Well, it tells us. People who give thanks to God the Father through Christ. In other words... Grateful people. Grateful people. People who realize that apart from Jesus, they can do absolutely nothing of lasting value, but if they rely on Jesus, they will bear much fruit. Gratitude is really good for us. Ungrateful people are unhappy people. Have you noticed that? Have you, have you hung around with ungrateful people? You just think to yourself, man, this is fun. It's not. Ungrateful people think they deserve nothing but good things in their lives. They think they deserve them. They complain about the bad things in our lives. Oh, man, I've been there. But it's not a happy way to live. But grateful people, grateful people experience healthy relationships. Grateful people experience satisfying worship. Grateful people make a real difference. So I'd say, what do you think? We should be grateful people. Sound good? Okay. How? Well, it's, it's really not that complicated. Count your blessings. And realize you don't deserve any of them. And thank God for them. Repeat. 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 It's not just the right thing to do. It's a way of pursuing the happiness God wants you to have. Let's pray. Father, we're going to sing some more songs here in just a minute, and I pray you'd help us do it as grateful people. And will you help us be as happy as you want us to be? may gratitude just flow out of us. And Lord, if there's someone here who needs to take that step of saying yes to Jesus today, may today be the day of salvation for them. Pray in Jesus' name, amen.